the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rody Fisher. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. My name is Rody Fisher, and I'll be your host today. And thank you, Clint Gonzalez, for that wonderful lead-in song. I just love it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all that you've done for us, in us, and through us. We love you, Lord. We ask that you would be with the words that we speak. And you would be with those that are listening and give them ears to hear. Lord, cleanse us today. Be with us today. Order our steps. As you say, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by you. Order our steps, Lord. We give you our hearts in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'm going to get right into Psalm 26. And here we go. I think I'm going to read it off my phone because I like I like the new King James and I don't I brought my King James with me today. Um so here we go. So we're on Psalm 26. And again, for you listeners, this is David again writing. And um, it says, the Psalm of David. Okay. Vindicate me, O Lord. You know, like, judge me, O Lord. For I have walked in my in- in- integrity. I have also trusted in the Lord. I love that about David. He's putting his whole trust in the Lord. I shall not slip. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart, for your loving kindness is before my eyes. I have walked in your truth. There's only one truth, and that's what's here. I have not sat with idolatrous morals, mortals, nor will I go in with hypocrites. I have hated the assembly of evildoers. I will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocent, so I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim the voice of thanksgiving. And tell of all your wondrous works, O Lord. I have loved the inhabitation of your house. And, pl- and the place where your glory dwells. I do not gather my souls with sinners, nor my life with 
bloodthirsty men. In those hands is a sinister scheme. And those right hands is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be merciful to me. My foot stands in, every, in even place. In the congregation, I will bless the Lord. That's what we love about David. He has such a contrite heart. And he's always coming to the Lord. I want to thank you, Lord, for your word. And Father, I pray that you would continue to give us understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I am so excited about my guest here today. Her name is Carmen Marquez, and she just got certified as an apologetist. Did I say that correctly? Apologist. Apologist. I apologize. Apologist. <laughs> okay. Um, Carmen, welcome Thank to you. On the Road with Jesus. Thank you. Okay. I'd like to get the audience to know you a little better. And I was hoping that you could share with us some of your background. Where you were born? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Ever go to church? Um, possibly baptized? And maybe how many kids in the family? Are your parents still married? A little bit about that. Okay, uh, so I grew up in Michigan. Oh, yeah. And so um, my grandparents were um, Pentecostal. Um, so they were always involved in church. Um, I would go with them a little bit when I was little. Um, my mom started sending us to church at the age of eight, eight. And so she did that because we moved to a new city and they, the bus would pick us up. So that was kind of her way of getting me and my brother out of the house on Sundays. But we loved it. And so we were very involved. Anytime, you know, Wednesday would come, Sunday would come. And then it went to the whole summer at Camp Hiawatha. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It was great. And so I did that um, probably until we had to move from that city, uh, maybe 12. And then my, my, so my mom, my parents split up when I was very young. So I didn't, my dad was not involved in my life, but she remarried when I was four. Mm -hmm. And they had a little separation when I was 12. So we moved to a different home. And so we moved closer to my grandma. And then we only stayed there a year, and then they got back together, and then we moved to, uh, to Dearborn. Mm -hmm. So uh, starting the seventh grade there, um, it was a new change, um, better schools than what we were I was used to. So going into the ninth grade, a new high school, it was new to me because um, my city is predominantly Muslim, mm -hmm. Islamic community. Right. And I knew, what I knew about Jesus was that I loved him. I believed that he died on the cross for me. Um, at eight years old, I got saved. Mm -hmm. Every time there was an altar call, I went to the altar. Um, every, every, I got baptized a few times because I was always afraid that it just didn't, maybe didn't work. Right. I remember the pastor saying to me, he pulled me in the office and he said, Is there a reason you want to keep getting baptized? No, I just, I, I just love the Lord, right? So right. when I went into ninth grade and seeing another um, 
um, religion, I didn't understand it. So they, they knew a lot about Christianity, more than I did. I knew what I thought I needed to know, but as conversations went with them, um, it, they, I stood firm on what I believed, but the one thing that I say to this day is that I didn't, in church, I, I just didn't understand or I, the importance of why, the why Jesus had to die on the cross. So I knew that, I believed that he, Jesus was the Son of God. Mm -hmm. I believe that He died on the cross. I believe that He rose on the third day. I believe that He died for my sins. But I didn't know the reason why He had to die. So that was an open door for my friends and I when we would, because I, I always wanted to talk about religion, always. And so hearing them, the conversations would go like, we believe in Jesus too, we love Jesus, and Allah is just another way to say God. Mm -hmm. um, G God loves Jesus so much that He took Him straight to heaven. Why would He kill Him? Why would He kill His Son? So it's the same thing. It's just we have the same things in the the Quran that you have in the Bible. We talk about Moses. We talk about Abraham. So. Little by little, and it wasn't overnight, it was through my whole high school experience, they, I started to, yeah, you know, more sympathize. Um, yeah, it is the same. We do serve the same God. Um, yeah, it's just how you say God in um, Arabic and Jesus, they love Jesus. So probably by my 11th grade, I was fasting with them because my family growing up, we didn't, uh, I didn't know anything about, um, like Lent, like people, there was, a, there was Catholics in the area that would do Lent, but we didn't do that. I didn't understand the importance of any kind of fasting. So when they would present it to me that it was one month of dedicating yourself to God, I was all for it. Okay. But I just didn't know really why I was doing it. I was really basically starving myself, but I felt good about it, um, and so that just went on into, um, you know, and then my, my probably 11th grade, I, I met a boy. And then, you know, I be realized the importance of, um, you know, Muslims marrying other Muslims, that because I was Christian, I just, you know, that would never be accepted. So then I just kind of slowly, well, I mean, I, I guess, um, I remember thinking, well, Christianity, Islam is the same, I, I guess I'm Muslim, you know, I wasn't, um, and mind you, at this time too, my friends were converting, they were starting to wear the headscarves, right, because that's what they were, it was, it was the right thing to do, um, I never, I never did that, um, but I just, it, there, there came a point where it all just seemed to be one, it was just all one, um, so, that, that kind of led me to an empty, a good 10 years of my life where I just wasn't, um, I wasn't, I was praying to every single night, no matter what, I always prayed to God, but I just wasn't going to church because I was scared. I was scared. There was something in me that just, it didn't feel right, but, um, I just put it off to the side is what I did. So let me interrupt you here. So at eight years old, mm -hmm. You're a child, and you accept Jesus as your Savior. Mm -hmm. And also, you've gone down, you know, to the altar several times, 
and then also wanted to get baptized several times because you want it to, to really stick with you, mm -hmm. right? I, I get all that because a lot of Christians go forward more than once because they think, oh, I've sinned over here and I need to give my heart again. Um, but really not because once you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit is living with you already. Um, however, now you've got this dilemma where you've got another religion, which Islam, which is incorporating Jesus because you probably never realized that Jesus was in the Quran, right? Until they told me, yeah. And, and so, or that they loved Jesus. Mm -hmm. So here you are, still a very young girl, thinking, gosh, they, this sounds right. Mm -hmm. This sounds like I probably am a Muslim. And your friends are wearing the hijab or the headscarf or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you, you're thinking, I'm one of them. So a little bit of confusion there. When do you realize you're not one of them? Or when do you realize that you need to really focus in on Jesus again? So after high school, a lot happened in my life. Um, my mom got, she had gotten divorced when I was uh, 17, so then she had gotten remarried, my, probably I think my senior year, and then she went off and moved with her husband an hour away. And that was the first time that I had freedom. My mm -hmm. mom was very strict. So I wasn't going to live with her because it was too far from my job and my, my brother. I, I grew up with a, a brother and a sister. Um, and, so, and where are you in the order? Middle. Of, I'm in the you're middle. the middle child. Mm -hmm. So I, I was wild. I started to do everything that my mom told me that I shouldn't do. And I, I met my, I, I have four children. So my first daughter, I met her dad um, at a bar. He was a manager there. And he was Muslim. And he was Lebanese. He, he, owned, he managed this bar. And so, but he wasn't a practicing Muslim. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, was a, I was attracted to that um, because for whatever, I, I, I love, I love, I love my community. I love my friends. I love the culture. I love, there's just, it feels, it, you know, Islam or, or just the culture like Lebanese and all of all of the different Palestinian and, and Yemeni. So you're talking about the Middle Eastern countries. There you go. Thank you. And and I I know Dearborn very well. I mean mm -hmm. I think I've been there five times. Now, I don't know it very well, but I I do know that especially in Dearborn, there would be say the Somali neighborhood or the Lebanese mm -hmm. neighborhood, and they all kind of stayed within the right where they came from, mm -hmm. so that they could have this relationship that only that culture had. Mm -hmm. But there's something about Islam or, or the Muslim people that is attractive. And I, I think it's because their culture puts family, yeah. and the family thing is close, and, and it's, it's very attractive. I, I mean, my mother and father... Um, you know, my father died, I believe he was 85. My, my mother died, she was almost 98. And it was a to death do you part kind of a relationship. 
So I grew up with my parents until the day they died. Um, but you, you probably longed to, to be involved in a unit yes. that never changed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Muslims have that. Mm -hmm. So that does become attractive. So you, you got involved, you married a man, from a Lebanese man, and, and relational sh things, I mean, there's, there's a strong relationship within that group of people. So that was also what attracted you, I'm sure. So he was older than I was. Mm -hmm. he, um, and, and of course, in hindsight now, that's the other thing I was attracted to is just that um, he, I felt safe with him. So he was eight years older than I was. Um, he was, he is um, a very, um, had smart man, smart businessman. Um, and I, I just needed that at, at that time in my life. So we were together a good five years or so. Um, and he kept me away from... Um, all of everything that was is bad so I I was very sheltered um, he wasn't a practicing Muslim so he never fasted he was more of the black sheep of the family mm -hmm. so we never went to the mosque I never had to he wasn't um, like requiring you to wear the headdress no, no not at all um, but his family was that way and they were against him being with me um, so we had a daughter and then um, it wasn't. It was around when she was five that there was a lot in that relationship that just wasn't healthy. So I left, and it was around that time that I started to, um, I started to, because I was broken. And at the end of that time, I would like to add is that my high school sweetheart, the one I I was, um, just would have spent the rest of my life with him. He had passed away. Oh wow. So it was during those um, last year before I left that my, my world was just spinning. I was devastated. Wow. And so I started to pray more. I started to just seek the Lord more, the, the Lord that I knew, that I was familiar with. Never once during any of that time did I ever, you know, pray to Allah or get on, do their prayer. It was always my prayer, Jesus Christ and so can I stop you for just a little second? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when women marry Muslims, men, and even if they're just nominal Muslims, when there's a divorce involved, the man wants to take the child. Were you able to keep your daughter? Yes. So okay. he was very, in his mind, he always said um, that it was okay that I was Christian but she was going to be raised Muslim. So all her life, we would put the, the evil eye on her, all mm -hmm. the little charms that they, you know, superstitiously they would put. Um, and she started to go to um, Islamic school maybe at four, mm -hmm. just the summers. It was like a summer program. So there they were teaching her how to pray. Um, nothing really stuck with her, though. She was just a, a little kid and... But so when we when I decided to leave, he was fine with um, me taking her. But he was going to be involved in her life, which he was very. He is a very good father. Um, and so it was probably maybe a good year after 
we I um, left him that I started I wanted to, I started to go to church with my brother and I did fear to tell him that I was taking our daughter to church but one day I just just said it and he said to me that's fine um, because they believe that Christians will go to heaven too but they'll spend a little bit of the time um, in hell for their sins but overall the ones that I went to school with would always say you're gonna go to heaven you're just gonna go to hell first and that was terrifying to me too so that was always in the back of my mind I don't want to go to hell I don't I don't want to um, so when I started to seek the Lord again and go back to church it was it was beautiful like I felt I, I was repentful I felt so guilty that I even though I I just felt I felt a lot of remorse um, but then my life again um, took me down another 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 avenue that um, I I wasn't with the Lord for a while and so at that time I had another I had a son and um, that relationship didn't last very long and then I at the end of that one I was very very broken and so again in in my need selfishly I start seeking the Lord um, so it was a lot of ups and downs for me so now you have two children I do and a boy and a girl mm -hmm. and are you still living in Michigan yep okay so um, when do you get more involved with the church so because of um, the the ending of that relationship, my friend at the time had said, um, we're going to go to Vegas for Memorial Day. We're going to pay for you to go. You need to get away. And all expenses, we're going to go. We're going to take you. Um, long story short, everything that could have, I thought was going to make it impossible for me to go, it was possible. I go to Vegas. We go to um, the first day we're there, go to layout, and I see this man in my view, and he's waving me over. Um, we hit it off, and I went back home. We continued to talk, and it wasn't until two months later after that I went back. I came to California because he said he was from Cali, and I visited him. And then it, it was literally the Lord opened up every single door to I at that time I thought my my daughter's father is never going to let me take her out of the state ever he did we ended up I'm gonna say this really fast because there's a lot but we ended up getting married the, the, the guy from California yes and so I know that sounds crazy but it, it was crazy and we did and so the first two years he moved to Michigan and, and with us but then 10 years ago, we came here. It was when I came here that, let me back up, the last six months that we were in Michigan, my brother was having a Bible study at his home. I, at that time, I did not know that I was being taught by a oneness Pentecostal. So we were being taught Bible study weekly. And this man's testimony was amazing, and I just, I loved to hear it. My husband grew up Catholic, 
but he was loving it too. Then we moved here. And so the second we came here in California, I needed a church. I need to continue what I was getting. I remember my friend, my, the pastor, telling me that if you go to a church and they baptize it um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you need to run as fast as you can. At that time, I didn't understand what that meant. I, we're here now in Cali a year. My daughter's in high school and she meets friends and she says, Mom, they're having a purity um, and they're heavily involved in the church. She says, Mom... And what church is this? It's Restoration Life in Lawndale. Okay. So I go to the church for an event for her and I loved it. I loved the church. It, it just, the, the message resonated with me. It was what I needed. So I, met, I re reached out to my friend, um, who we're still talking to, and he, he said, oh, no, you gotta, you got to run away from that church as fast as you can. But he never told me why, right? So meanwhile, at the same time, this is such a blessing. My friend that I went to high school with, was getting he was a police officer, but he was also getting his master's in theology. And so he was mentoring me through, um, like, Facebook Messenger, and I would say to him, what is this? Why is he telling me to leave this church? He, would, he looked over our belief statement at the church. No, that seems fine. I don't understand. So it took about a little while for all of a sudden I was at a Bible study and it, I asked, what is it? Why would someone tell me to leave the church or if they're baptizing that, that I need to find a church that is baptizing in Jesus' name only? Mm -hmm. I didn't understand. Someone had said the word modalism. I went home. And that was the beginning of light bulbs. Just, I mean, my whole world just, whoa, hold on a minute. So at that same time, as I'm learning about that, I'm, I'm watching David Wood and Sh Sam Shamoon on YouTube, and uh, actually Nabil, too, at the time. I'm learning about Islam. And at, at first, when I'm hearing about Islam from David Wood, I was defensive. No, that's, that is not the, you know, the the people that I grew up with. That's not the Islam that you were taught. Absolutely not. Right. And I would have defended it like, no, 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 no. That is just the, the, um, the radicals over there, over there in the Middle East. Those, Somewhere far away. Yeah, but not, nope, not, uh So as I'm watching them, that's happening where I'm realizing, I'm reading it for myself. Okay, so it does say this, but maybe they just don't know that, right? Maybe they don't. They don't read the Quran like to know what it really says, or they've interpreted it another way. Meanwhile, I'm going to church, I'm learning about modalism and then oneness, and then I'm realizing, so one day I just, I broke to my knees and I thought, oh my goodness, it's not the same God. We don't worship, we don't believe the same God. And then it hit me, my friends, my friends that I love, the city that I love, if they don't know Jesus, they're not going to be going to heaven. That was devastating, devastating to me. So realizing that, and at the same time realizing oneness believes that With Jesus only. Jesus only. No Holy Spirit, no Father. They Well, they believe Jesus is the Father, but they read from the same Bible. They say the same exact words, phrases, and they pray, and, and they have it wrong. So then I started thinking, who's right? They think they're right. They think they're right. I needed to find the truth for myself. So that was the beginning of my journey and my passion to not only find the truth and know 
know it for myself because I knew that I would have to stand before God one day. It didn't matter who I was friends with, that it was my soul and I needed to know this. And now as a mother, it's my responsibility to teach my kids the truth. So during this time, there's only realizing there's only one truth now. How do I tell the people that I love that they're wrong? How do I explain this? So that was the beginning of me just nonstop learning and learning and learning. And I was on fire of trying to get all of this information and understand it at the same time. And it didn't happen overnight. And I'm still learning. I'm mm-hmm. still understanding. So fast forward, um, I was a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. I was painting. Oh, I so I get married and I have two children with my husband. So this California guy. Yes, his okay. name is David. He's my husband now. We're fourteen years married. Fourteen years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so wonderful, wonderful man, wonderful man. Um, so even though we were both not, I mean, God knew what He was doing, and it was the most outrageous story that you could ever hear. But to have it turn out the way that it did, um, yes. And well, so, that scripture that says all things work together for good to those that love him and are called by his purpose. Um, You know, somebody told me this like several months ago. God will use the time that we spent in the desert for his honor and glory. Absolutely. And all of that won't go to waste. And he will use that time. And yes, we don't want to be in the desert. Yes, we don't want to be, um, for the sake of a better term, I'll use the term backslidden. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be in a backslidden situation. But sometimes that backslidden, backslidden situation situation causes us to hunger and thirst for the true and living God. So, gosh, this is wonderful. So you get married and you have a couple more children. Two more. With with David. Yeah. Okay. And then somewhere along the line you're studying. Mm -hmm. And is he studying too? Not at the time. So he was getting, he was focusing on um, getting, so he's a, he works for Delta, Mm -hmm. aircraft mechanic. And so he was finishing up his school Mm -hmm. and then he was working full time. So he, when he would come home, I would just, he had no choice but to hear me spew everything that I'd learned all day. And my husband has an amazing memory. So it stayed. So through the years of everything that I'm learning, I'm just telling him and telling him and, you know, he's going through it with me. Um, It wasn't until maybe about four years ago, um, because then we start maybe five. Well, no, we've been going to the church now seven years. So active, the last five years, we've both been really active and him as well. And so I, I never expected, I was so consumed with myself and my study that I just, um, I don't know, I just somewhere along the way, the Lord worked in him. Like I said, he comes from a, a Catholic background. Mm-hmm. And so to see him on his own studying and reading the Word of God, um, you know, it's it's beautiful. And so now we, at the place that we are now, he he's in a men's ministry. He He's very, very um, good with people. And he loves to just share our story and he's very proud of me and our children and so together we're good we're good um, so somewhere along the line your husband accepts the lord too yes and so where in this marriage does he accept the lord because now you're searching and you're focused Mm -hmm. and now you're walking straight with the lord he's got you on that narrow path and when does he join you uh probably within that first year of going into uh, The the church yeah yeah. He accepted the Lord. And it was definitely a, um, a process of him getting comfortable because it is different atmosphere.
atmosphere than any kind of church he ever, you know, I mean, just as even as little as the worshiping, um, just beautiful. And, and you could tell that it really ministered to his heart. Um, yeah, if you come from a traditional church, right. no matter what it is, whether it's Catholic or Presbyterian or even Lutherans, that rigidness of the service, it's very formal. Mm -hmm. And so um, we that don't have a formal setting, I go to Calvary Chapel Chino Hills, I mean, people are raising their hands yeah. and lifting up to God. Some people are on their knees mm -hmm. crying and praying. And some whatever the movement of the Holy Spirit is, is what happens. There's an order there, um, you know, which I love. And and the reality of it is there is a rigidness that is, but it's different than the traditional church. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so he you really appreciated that. Okay. So God used that. Absolutely. So now you're, you're going to school to get your degree in theology or no what is so what, how that worked out is one day um i because i had been praying for the lord to use me i wanted i just felt the i needed to do something and i just didn't know where what that was going to do but in my mind my prayer was i i would do anything to be able to do what david wood does that's mm -hmm. and, and i didn't even know like i as naive as i was it it was so innocent to where i, I just want to be around him i would get him his coffee and and and, and I was so... I didn't know how that process of learning apologetics worked, but in my mind at that time, I was t I would tell my husband if he needed me to research something, I would just do it. I just want to learn. Yes, and, and I didn't know what that looked like, but I just kept going forward and and praying and being obedient and and faithful. And so one day I was painting the living room, and I had just listened to another one of David's YouTube videos, and it dawned on me: where are the women with the apologists? Where are they? And so I sat down and I thought let me get my phone and I just typed in women apologists and Mary Jo Sharp shows up and then I see that she's got a book um, why do you believe that? So I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to present this book to my pastor and tell him that they should teach it at the church. I had no intention at all of, I'm, I don't consider myself a teacher. Um, I never was interested in anything like that. I made an appointment with my pastor and my husband and I, we went and had lunch. And I was so nervous to, this was my real formal, like one-on-one. -on -one, and I had an idea and I just, I was nervous. And I'm talking and I, I say it all. I say, and, and this this is, you know, I, I think it's important that people know why they believe what they believe. Gave them a little bit of background about my situation and why I feel it's important and how people can be deceived. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? I think this is a great idea. And then he said, but there's only one thing. You need to head it. Yes. And so I was like, oh, 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 well, okay. But um, he says, what What do you need to do first? And I said, well, I've been thinking about going to Biola. They have a, a class, um, a certificate class it's for apologetics. And I think I need to learn about more before I do that. Anything like, and he said, okay, you do that. And when you're done, come back. And that's what I did. I was, I had a goal now. And to, to, to show you how the enemy works though, at that, that same week that I was given that and I was, yes, I got asked out of nowhere by someone that used to go to our church and said to me, Hey, do you want to be in a, a Miss MRS, Miss um, Puerto Rico uh, pageant? And I thought, cause I'm Puerto Rican. I thought, I am not a model. And she said, no, you don't understand. It's all paid for. Um, you just have to go and present. I mean, she had put it all out there that it was a good opportunity um, to, I couldn't see it. I'm very shy. And I thought, I am nothing, I am not model material. 
I even asked her, have you seen how tall I am? I'm 5'2". There's nothing model, you know, I have no talents, I can't yodel, I can't play the violin. <laughs> so she went at me for a good two months of trying to get me to, um, cause to, to be in a pageant. And I, I prayed, I said, because I, she said to me, I said, I don't see how any of that is glorifying God. I just can't. She came back to me, and at the time, I had never heard anybody tell me that God told me to tell you. So she said, God told me to, that he wants you to do this. So now I'm in a dilemma. I've never heard anybody like God is telling her this to tell me. What what am I supposed to do? So with great and wise counsel, I got the, that just because someone tells you that God, you know, you don't, you don't have to take it and read that. I told her, absolutely, I can't do it. So it was a good two months of, of that. And I said, I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I registered to Biola. I'm going to school to do this. And this is where my heart is at. I have no interest in modeling or being in any kind of pageant. So the second I, I let that go and then I focused on getting my, my um, certificate. And um, what year was this? Um, three years ago. Okay. Good three years ago. So I, I did that, and then I came had the uh, the meeting with. Oh, so mind you, after the meeting, my pastor said, "I just want you to know that I've been praying on something for a long time, and you are my confirmation today." And he said, "I I want to open a school at the church, and I've been praying on it, and I haven't told anybody but my wife and um, a few other people, but I asked God to show me a confirmation, and and you you're my confirmation." So I thought. So here I had two people saying, you know, they had God. Speaking to me and confirmation, but I knew which one was right. So when I went back to him um, and said I, I showed my degree, and he was very proud. And mind you, I never did good in school, so this was a huge accomplishment for me, and I was proud of it. And so um, it was, I think, uh, maybe six more months after that, we kicked off our Restoration Life University (RLU), and there was three people. Um, it was one of our pastors who was doing the the um, leadership courses, another. A uh, gentleman doing hermeneutics and then me doing the apologetics part of the school. So we're going on our three years now of doing that. And it was, um, it's amazing. I am so proud of you. Thank you. That is so good. Yeah. I mean, there was some confusion there for a yeah. while in your walk. Yeah. Especially since you were introduced to two predominant religions. Yes. I, I mean, you're talking about one of the fastest growing religions in the world. And then Christianity. And there's there's some offshoots of Christianity that are not clearly walking straight. But here you were at a crossroads. And you could have gone either way. God led you because of his commitment with you when you gave your heart to the Lord. Allowed you to choose the right direction. That's so great. So now you're teaching teaching apologetic at the church or at the university. Yeah, it's it's on campus. And so tell me about that. How many students do you get? Um, what's your goal there? What is your focus? So we teach it, we, the school goes twice a year. Um, and so um, I, the first class, I got like 35 students. Beautiful. I never taught anything in my life. I, I tend to, um, I, when I get nervous, I, I tend to make jokes out of everything. So I was afraid that I was just going to be one comedy, like it was just going to be, everything was going to be funny and I was going to make, you know, 
and I prayed so much. I was sick to my stomach. I was so nervous. But my pastor, my husband, they believed in me. And I didn't see what they were, were you know, I just thought, they're just being nice, you know. Um, but I had a full classroom. And they all came to hear, It was it's four weeks long. And so they all came to hear um, about the existence of God or the resurrection or the deity of Christ or the the New Test uh, the the reliability of the New Testament. That, those are the four classes that I did. and so I studied so much and learned so much about all of that because I don't like to not have answers to questions and I was worried about everything under the sun about if someone asked me a question and I didn't know and so it was great it went well and then the second time around the same amount of people and then the third the same amount of people so this last class that I taught it was because of COVID it had to be done online and so then that was another fear that I had to um, I'm very camera shy and so teaching a class in front of you know it was uh, like ring central like the zoom Um, I didn't know what that was going to look like and that class I think I had 40 students in my class um, that time. So it's been good. It's been really well. And I had a lot of wonderful feedback. Um, and then on Sundays, I teach every now and again, um, depending on what topic, for RLU. Um, so it's whatever God places on my heart to, to teach. So I, it's great. And so this is your third year. Yes. Beautiful. You know, even Paul said that he's not a speaker. And you you know, when you look at when you look at the people that God chooses, listen, I never thought that at seventy one I'd be doing this. I I said no to this five years ago when I was first asked. And I thought, you know, God, and I was in my 60s. I was 66 at the time. And I said, God, I can't do this. You know, the old dog, new tricks thing. I can't be doing this. Well, the Lord did not let that go until I said yes to him. And I had all these excuses, just like Moses. You know, I'm a stutterer, Moses said. Can't speak. And he said, well, I'll have your your brother speak for you. And Paul said he's not a speaker. I was just looking for that scripture. Um, it's First Corinthians it? chapter two. What is it? And I, brethren, when I came into you, I won't quote it. First Corinthians chapter two, first, starting with verse one. Yes, where he says um, he admits that he's not a polished speaker. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and tells you know, I, you know, I'm not eloquent. Well, God takes foolishness to confound the wise, and He picks us up and polishes us up and does what He does, and it amazes is me and you're just that person too he picks us up and just does what he has to do and you know what it is you said yes to him you know it didn't make sense but you said yes he's looking for people to say yes and amen to what he has for them and he'll give you the rest love that third year okay so tell me where you what what what's the next thing you think god's going to do with this class that you have I have or is it so new that you're just enjoying this part I so three years still teach I'm still shy like so last year I was asked to speak at a conference um he's an apologist his name is Vocab Malone mm-hmm. he had a, held a conference at his church in Arizona mm-hmm. um and a lot of us went David Wood spoke there Sam Shamoon spoke there and uh Vocab gave me um a, the platform and it was my my mouth said yes but inside I, I I told my husband I can't do it I can't I said yes I I've never done a conference I said yes and the whole time I just was sick because I wanted to back out you know I even like can I tell him that I died (laughs) I just was so I can't do it I'm gonna mess up and I just kept moving forward and praying and asking God to please like 
I don't want to embarrass him because I have a really terrible memory and I was afraid that I just was going to just make the Lord look bad. And so I'm getting ready to start my conference. Um, everybody, they're kind of like little break off rooms. And I have my friends from my church that supported me. They drove down with me, getting ready to start. And guess who walks in my door to sit in my class? David Wood. And I said, oh, I, I think you've got the wrong class. And he said, no, I'm exactly where I want to be. So then I'm like, wow. Because part of my testimony is him, right? Yes. Yeah, you studied under his leadership yeah. Um, online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and that was part of my my what I was going to say. So I said, you know, I, it's okay. I, I took a deep breath and I just allowed the Lord to just you know speak through me and let it go organically how it, it's supposed to. And it went well. It was it was beautiful as far as to see that I overcame a fear because mm-hmm. that was huge for me, really big. And to have just to know that people could have chosen any other class that was going on and that they chose mine mm-hmm. and that I, I, I just it, it was very humbling and um, and then I was asked to come back um, to do here but due to COVID they're, I don't think they're having one but I know the Lord wants me to do stuff but my my flesh keeps my fear is don't you feel okay um, don't you feel that when you do say yes God gives you the tools um, and because when I first started the radio thing I did not know what I was doing and I I still fumble along with it, but here's what I know about God. You say yes, he'll give you the words to speak because it's hidden the word in your heart. He'll give you the words to speak. It'll make sense. It'll all come together for his honor and glory. He's waiting to use you and Mike and myself for his honor and glory. He wants the word to get out, and oh, I just love it. Um, how much time do we have, Mike? Twelve minutes. Okay, um, so uh, I, do, I do know that you're involved with the conference here, and I, I just want to share, I wanted to do this earlier, but I just want to share that I'm going to be taping, I think, about four shows today. You you will see me in the same outfit because we're shooting it from the same office here at the church, and it'll be showing on Hope Radio. And I did bring a change of clothes, but I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be real here. I'm just going to wear the same clothes and take another speaker in. And I am so delighted to have met you. This is the first time we've met, Carmen. And how God used you. An eight-year-old girl said yes to Christ. And God just developed this into something beautiful. Four children, happily married. Well, all, everybody's walking with the Lord. Now, let me ask you this. Your daughter, your oldest daughter, tell me, is she in, is she, she's in high school, right? She's in college. She's in college. She's oh in my Long gosh. Beach, yes. And so, is she in the ministry at all yes, with you? She is. And <sighs> so, the beautiful because we still pray for her dad. Yeah. Um, her dad has always been my number one prayer um, that he gets saved because his words were, "I know I'm going to hell, and there's nothing I can do about it." That hurts wow. me. Yeah. And, and it so, hurts her too. Oh yeah. So now that she knows, she's going to visit him in January, and she's a smart girl. She is smart and. She loves her dad, and she's going to bring up a, a, a way to make it a conversation. You know, we sh- we really should pray the Lord would use her in a mighty way. And the love of a father for a daughter—I mean, there's just nothing that can break that bond. 
Um, I'm, I'm just going to pray really quick. What is her name? Her name is Milea. Milea. Lord, we want you to, we want to lift up Milea to you right now. Father, that you would even now prepare her heart and mind for the things that she will be speaking and in life into her dad's life. The life of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would raise her up, Lord. Do so many of us, Lord. Raise her up to take this tough, hard message. Give it to him with love. Father, that he would have open arms and an open heart. Here's to hear and eyes to see you in Jesus name yeah I I love that um, bond that they have okay so um, the apologetics class and certificate was how many how long so it took me about four months okay and and did you do that online or yeah, it was an online okay that we should get involved in that too I, I love apologetics, and I always thought I'd have to stay far away from that because I always thought that I read the Bible through so many times. And, but, you know, they're to see it straight. Um, I do want to talk to our listeners out there. You've now heard Carmen's story about the ups and downs as she tried to walk walk of walking with Jesus. And, you know, we don't always get it right just because we invite Jesus into our heart. Um, the enemy tugs us in this direction and in that direction and sometimes we listen to the wrong voice or our hearts um, I have found that when it comes to having, an, a, real, having a relationship with um, someone, that our hearts can mess us up. Sometimes we are not listening to the right voice about a particular guy or a girl, and we tend to walk, you know, path and stumble. But, you know, as, as we talk, I could see that God worked all things together for good. And you, every part of what she went through, Carmen, God used for his honor and glory, and here she is walking this narrow path with her children as well as her husband. Beautiful story, Carmen. Um, if this is you out there that you've tried Jesus and maybe you've dabbled into something else or you've been fooled by the enemy and have been walking down a different road thinking, I'll add this to my experience with Jesus or we'll add Islam to Jesus or whatever um, and you feel that done something wrong, God can change all that for you today. It's just just asking for forgiveness and inviting him. He never left you, by the way, but making a new, brand new commitment with Jesus and re recognizing that you were off track. I would like to ask you today, today might be the day, throw all that other stuff aside and walk with him, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Walk the triune God that we worship. And you know, it was in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit together. If you look at verse 1 and 2 in, in, um, in Genesis 1, they were always together. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the God that we serve. And if you've added another, you know, I think the Baha'is add everybody into one. And I don't mean to point them out. They just congregate them all together, you know. But that's not what God says. It's can't mix them up. It's Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. That is it. So if you've mixed up your religion by tossing in other things, come to Jesus right now and ask for forgiveness and ask the Lord to show you the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. I would love for you to 
rededicate yourself to the Lord right now. And if you haven't ever accepted Jesus as your Savior, today would be the day. Just follow me in this quick prayer if you've mixed other things. You know, if you get a glass of water and you just have a little bit of dirt in there, are you going to drink it? No. That's what you do when you mix other stuff up with your Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you are that person and would like to walk that straight and narrow path with us, I would ask you to start again. Reboot yourself and, and pray this little prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me for mixing all those other gods with you. Lord, I want to follow you, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit of the Bible. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I recognize that now. And I ask you to come in to my heart and let me follow in Jesus' name. Now, if you have never prayed a prayer to accept the Lord, I'd like for you to pray this prayer pray with me. Prayer with you. Jesus, my sins of the past, present. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And on the third day, rising from the dead. And the 40th day after that, ascended into heaven with Father. Thank you that you are the only spotless lamb that could have died for our sin. And Lord, I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I want to forget past. Give me of all of that stuff. And I want to walk this walk. You are my Lord. In Jesus' name, I amen. If you've said that prayer, either one, write me at On the Road to with Jesus and let me know that you've accepted the Lord or that you've recommitted yourself to Christ. And if you need a Bible, we'd be happy to send it or call the station, Hope Radio, in Corona, California. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you every week. Bye for now. We love you. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus. Hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.